0: where the fun begins. Let's make this a bit more
1: interesting.
0: You've taken your first step into a larger world. The garbage do! Nothing will
1: stand in our way. May the void be with her. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Twin Sons Transmission. I'm your host, Eric Pfeiffer, joined as always by Jussie Sanfilippo. Hey guys! Welcome to episode 141 of Twin Suns Transmissions. We're very excited to talk to you about all the new and exciting news related to Star Wars. And it's been a big couple weeks, Jesse. We've got a lot of cool stuff to discuss, uh, including the fact that we just recorded and posted our first episode of our Star Wars uh, Twin Suns Outpost Book Club where we talked about Master and Apprentice, which was pretty awesome. A lot of fun there. Um, My girlfriend Amanda joined us on that one, and she's going to be sort of spearheading that. So if you're into reading books and have read Master and Apprentice and want to get some of our thoughts on that, definitely head over to um, either iTunes or our website or wherever you listen to podcasts and check that one out. But before we get into a lot of our news, Jesse, let's go into a segment of our show called How's Your Star Wars? How's
0: your Star Wars? OJABBA Tell
1: that to country club OJABBA So who talks first, you talk first, I talk first So Jesse, how's your Star Wars been? My
0: Star Wars has been pretty good. I recently got some pins in the mail from all the way back from when I did a um, May the 4th discount day. I went on Etsy, and I actually had gotten a few pins, enamel pins in it. They had just came in just this week, and I started um, putting them on my backpack, which I've been slowly collecting pins on, and I kind of was organizing my... Pins that I acquired from Star Wars Celebration for the first time, and now I've added some more. I got, like, a cute little sparkly Tauntaun and a Wampa, because the Wampa, I'm pretty sure, is now just, like, a running joke in our friend group.
1: (laughs) It's a Wampa.
0: Yep. Whenever you don't know Star Wars trivia.
1: Yeah.
0: Um... But yeah, so it's been fun just kind of organizing all my pins on my backpack. That's like my one thing that I think I've just kept on collecting, Mm -hmm. is I love these little enamel pins. They're so cute. And I love how creative um, people get when they're designing them.
1: Yeah. Well, one thing that I feel like is a pretty common thing to have happen to people is celebrations really get people into pin trading. And especially like Disney will do that too. But if someone says, "Hey, uh, we're going to Celebration," oh, cool! What are you going to do there? Uh, we're going to trade some pins. What? But at the same time, <laughs> like when you're there trying to collect the pins and trade with people and open the blind boxes, and they're really cool, like the designs of the enamel ones and everything. I think you know, even Amanda was like, "Oh, this is this is kind of addicting." Like getting getting pins. And yeah. Stuff. So. <laughs> Yeah, Celebration will definitely do that to you.
0: Yeah, I didn't even do any pin trading. I had gotten one of the, I didn't get any blind boxes, but I got one of the packs. Um, mm-hmm. I got the droid pack. And I think I just enjoyed the, the most just like pins that people just walked up and handed you. Like those yeah. ended up being some of my favorite pins. And some of them, they went from being like, like real tiny little pins to like, beautiful like enamel like this cost you too much money to just be handing it to me right now yeah you know, pins <laughs> like that i've just you know they got like somebody handed me a convor because i had a convor on my shoulder at the time and they're like oh i'm giving this to everyone with a convoy and there's this beautiful enamel pin that like uh...
1: meanwhile i'm like crap my is in my backpack yeah <laughs> but right yeah <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's, that's awesome. My Star Wars has been pretty good as well. Um, I've been playing a lot of Galaxy of Heroes, uh, the mobile game, and I've been trying to bump up all my Ewoks because the C-3PO event is going on right now, so I've been working on my Ewoks. I've been working on my Phoenix squad because I'm trying to get Thrawn to seven stars, which is pretty hard. I'd literally like send out all my Phoenix squad people and they'd like get punched by Thrawn and then I'll be dead. So I'm working <laughs> on getting them stronger so they can actually do things. And my Old Republic so I can get Revan. So I've just been kind of working more on those guys now to try to get some of the the legendary events or the marquee event characters that they have. I've been trying to trying to get those guys. So been working a lot on uh, Galaxy of Heroes and they've made a couple updates to the game. So I don't know if it's because I've played so long or because I've unlocked certain achievements or something, but my wait time, and you could tell me if this happens with you too, Jesse, my wait time for the challenges is like five seconds. Like literally like, oh I'll wow, hit, I'll sim a challenge. and then five seconds later I can sim it again. So I get through my daily challenges very quickly and uh it works works out pretty well so
0: see that is awesome i haven't played in a while and part of it is because it takes so long to reboot some of that stuff and i end up like i'll play one time in the morning and end up just completely forgetting about it the rest of the day so if i can like go bam 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 and knock out all my challenges in one sitting i feel like that would get me back into it honestly
1: yeah yeah, it's it definitely helps um, getting things done quick, and I've I've gone through the Galactic Campaigns or whatever they call it so many times, so I can sim those. So I feel like the more you play, the the quicker gameplay becomes, and therefore you get stuff done quicker, and I don't know, it works out pretty well. <laughs> All right, let's talk about some of the new and exciting news related to Star Wars that we got within the last few weeks. And the first thing that we're going to be talking about is the Vanity Fair article related to the rise of Skywalker. And I am very excited about this, but I will say, not that there are really spoilers, but it's more of just, um, like, little... tidbits of information that are going to be related to the the film. No major plot spoilers or anything like that. And, you know, just for me, I feel like if it's an officially licensed form of media that we're getting information from, I don't view that as a spoiler. It's more of just promotion. But everybody has Mm -hmm. their own thoughts, so if you want to go into seeing the movie totally blind, maybe tune out for a little bit here while we discuss this article. But, Man, it it was it was awesome. I don't know if you read the whole article. It was pretty. It was pretty long. It was a pretty long article. It was by Lev Grossman, and the photos were by Annie Leibovitz. And there was also a video that went along with it as well. It was like maybe a minute and a half or two minutes or something like that. But what were the biggest takeaways, like whether it be photos or information from this article that you got? Oh
0: my gosh! I mean, I'm. Oh. I'm blown away by so many of these photos. Yeah. I feel like the ones that, like, totally blew me away, as in, like, information, things that make me think about maybe what's coming, is this photo of J.J. J. Abrams standing in the center of a bunch of Knights of Ren, mm-hmm. which, honestly, I didn't think we were ever going to see them again. Yeah. Um, and then the other image that makes me really think is this image of Luke in R2. Yeah. And he's a full coprial, non-transparent Luke. So oh, I mean, I don't know. I mean he's standing over a bunch of fire and it looks like it's part of Ray's original force um vision mm-hmm. from Taco Donna. Um kind of kind of reminds me of. So yeah, I wanna know if that's a vision. Is that Looking back in the past, is Luke able to come back a more copreal form than the Jedi of the past as a Force ghost? It's so exciting.
1: <laughs> Flip a coin. Who knows? I mean, it's uh, it's all speculation <laughs> at this point. It's 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 crazy and they do this all the time with Annie Leibowitz going to the to the set of the movie and taking all these amazing photos and then they'll spew them out to us through you know magazines and vanity fair and everything and the photos are just so beautiful every time they make you think they make you cry they make you excited they make you want to go out and buy the magazine right away i think the biggest photo that stood out to me was the photo of Zori Bliss, Carrie Russell's character in this movie. She was um, revealed to be uh, in the film and she's going to be Zori Bliss. And she's seen in the Quarter of Thieves on the snowy world of Kijimi, um, which I think is pretty, pretty cool. I just like the aesthetic. Like it's almost like a maroon, burgundy, purple type outfit with, Um, She's got some weapons, she's got a helmet, I think she's going to be a really cool character and I can't wait to see what, what she does.
0: I agree and there are so many like little mini articles within the main article and yeah. there was a certain point when Vanity Fair literally shut me down and was like hey you want more of these articles then you have to subscribe and I was like oh yeah. I, I didn't know I was I had a limit yeah. um, but in this um, there was a specific it was a very short little article where they went into barely any more detail on Zori Bliss and they just hinted at Her outfit looking a lot like um, Zam, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: which was initially my thought. When I first looked at her, it was like, oh, that reminds me of Zam. Um, So I thought that was cool that they called that out. Maybe she's part of like the same, I don't know, scoundrelly group as Zam was. I don't know.
1: Well, she's going to be in the Quarter of Thieves, which sounds pretty scoundrelly. Yes. So Yeah, could be. Uh, we got a picture of General Hux, played by Donal Gleeson, and Allegiant General Pride, played by Richard E. Grant. Um, they're going to be on the bridge of Kylo's Star Destroyer. So um, they look they look very determined, I guess is the right word, aboard the Star Destroyer. So we'll see what that does. Um, we get Finn and Janna, played by Naomi Aki. And they're going to be writing Orbox against, and this is what they say in the article, against mechanized forces of the First Order, which makes me think like droids or robots or yeah. maybe something like that, which I think will be pretty cool. We haven't seen that really from the First Order. I mean, we've seen uh, you know the big walkers and the vehicles and stuff like that, but mechanized forces, we'll have to see what that is.
0: Yeah, I'm excited to see what kind of droids the First Order would have. Yeah. Or if they just like dug up some old B1s.
1: <laughs> yeah, you're right.
0: Probably not. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. So we also get more information on the planet in the desert, and it's called Pasana. And this is where, in, at Celebration, they reveal that they were in Jordan filming a lot of the scenes on Pasana. And, uh, there's a photo of the Aki Aki. Um, they're going to just be natives of the planet and they're played by Jordan locals, which is pretty cool. Like, can you imagine just like walking around and being like, Hey, uh, if you guys want to be in star Wars as you know, we'll give you like a, a robe and a right. mask and you could be in the movie. Like, can you imagine just having that conversation? That'd be awesome. Uh-huh.
0: Can you just like imagine just going about your day and now all of a sudden you're in Star Wars?
1: <laughs> right. If only that would happen to me. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah, that was pretty cool. And we got a lot more information on um, what, what they really had to do in Jordan. It's a desert valley in southern Jordan where they filmed it. It's called the Wadi Rum or the Valley of the Moon. And they chose this place because it was pretty much uninhabited and just very beautiful. But what I thought was really interesting and one of the biggest takeaways I took from the article is that they literally had to build miles of road into the desert and basically set up and built a small town for the cast and crew out in the desert. So obviously there's going to be, you know, the the Jordan police and, like, security out there. So I'm sure not everything was pleasant with that or whatever negotiations had to be done to make sure that everything was safe and stuff but I thought that was pretty pretty cool I mean you gotta love the determination of Lucasfilm and JJ to want to actually go out on location and not necessarily use green screen for everything but I'm sure there were some complications with that
0: yeah I wonder like I mean, I don't want to spend time talking about this, but I'm really intrigued by this road. Like, how do you just, like, build a road
1: Yeah. in
0: the middle of the desert? It's wild.
1: Yeah, and then it's kind of funny because Oscar Isaac, he ends up showing up on set, right? He goes to the Wadi Rum and he's, like, sees a green screen. And he's like, wait, we're out on location. Why is there a green screen here? It was just kind of funny that they had to travel all this way, build roads, and then there's going to be a green screen out there. Um, <laughs> but it turns out that they needed the sand to interact with light in a certain way to create a certain scene. So they're just pulling out all the tricks and everything for um, for this planet Pasana, which I think is going to be pretty cool. So like you said, we're getting the Knights of Ren back. They're masked warriors with specialized weaponry. Six of them appear in Ray's vision in The Force Awakens, and then obviously we see that one gets sliced. A clan leader, according to this article, was sliced by Kylo in that vision, so kind of interesting there. They talk about um, 65,000 people being at celebration in this article, which is kind of interesting. I never knew what our final count was. But that's pretty cool 65,000. Anthony Daniels, they did a quick interview with Anthony Daniels on his experience in the film and apparently he had some issues getting um, getting some of his lines down because he didn't get his script until right before shooting and then he couldn't remember what they were so, one of the lines that C-3PO does say that he was having trouble memorizing was Common Emblem. So Common Emblem is going to be a line spoken by C-3PO at some point Mm. in the film. We just don't know in what context or when that will be. So, yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. We get a little bit more on Billy Lord, right? And obviously we know everything that happened with Carrie Fisher and, you know, having her footage kind of be recycled from the force awakens and some previously unseen scenes with her and so originally jj was like billy lord is not going to be in any scenes with leia that's going to be too painful i'm not going to have her have to watch herself with her mom that's not here anymore and stuff but billy lord was like no i want to be in the scenes like that's my mom Mm -hmm. i want to be in it so i thought that was pretty cool
0: yeah, I'm so excited to get to see how they complete Leia's story. Just
1: yeah, everything everything with the rise of Skywalker uh, is gonna make me cry. Knowing yeah. that Leia's not there anymore, knowing that it's the final episode of the Skywalker saga, seeing what happens with some of these characters that may not make it. I don't know. I think it's gonna be a very emotional film
0: Definitely.
1: <laughs> we know that rise of skywalker is going to be one year after the last jedi and what they did say in this article is that ray's training is going to be almost complete in the rise of skywalker as we see from the trailer where she does that flip over the tie silencer which is pretty cool so we know that she took the books from akto and she had them on the falcon so she's probably been learning herself on the ways of the Force and you know, becoming more proficient and stronger in the ways of the Force, which I think will be pretty cool. So it's going to be pretty exciting to see. We get Dio, obviously. We saw him in uh, the trailer, and they brought him out at Celebration, the little one-wheel droid. There's also going to be a, what they call a banana slug named Claude, which I think is a pretty <laughs> hilarious name for a slug. And I believe he's the one on the poster that was leaked uh, a couple months ago. He's, like, yellow and looks all funny, but... I
0: did not see this poster, probably because anytime anything leaks, I'm like, no, 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 I don't want to see a leak.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I don't think it was ever leaked or ever released by Lucasfilm, but it was, I think it was around, like, right before Celebration, like, the week before Celebration, I think, there was a poster for Rise of Skywalker that was leaked, but... Then again, I don't know if Lucasfilm's ever confirmed anything about that being official or not official, not sure, but anyway, there's gonna be a big slug dude named Claude, which was pretty cool. And then, probably my favorite part of the article, and the article is pretty long and they go into history about George and starting to make the Star Wars films and they go into talking a lot about what's going on with Finn and stuff as well. But what I really loved was toward the end of the article, they talk about the future of Star Wars. And we've talked about this a lot, you know, with fandom and the frequency at which Star Wars movies are coming out and and things like that. And they have a discussion with Kathleen Kennedy, and she actually says a lot of really cool things. People tend to compare Star Wars and Marvel all the time. And the success of Marvel and even DC, right? DC and Marvel are constantly compared. Marvel clearly has a lot of success, but I think this was pretty cool. So this is a quote from Kathleen Kennedy on the fragility of Lucasfilm storytelling. So she says, You can't even do what Marvel does, necessarily, where you pick a character and build new franchises around these characters. This needs to evolve differently. If Star Wars doesn't change, it'll die. I think this is also something that was said. Star Wars is purposely being made different because people are different and the world is different than it was in 1977. And she goes on to talk about the state of even political state going on in you know, the 70s versus now. You constantly have to make these movies different than they were back from the 70s, you know?
0: Yeah, and that's what makes them so cool is that each installment has been a reflection of its own time Mm -hmm. which i just it's just so fascinating and it's like it's literally like little um like movie snapshots of what we're dealing with during you know the time period of that film yeah just, just adds to it to me
1: yeah They also talk about what we pretty much have talked about on some of our previous shows with David Benoff and D.B. Weiss kicking off the new trilogy in 2022. They also said that there is no timetable for Ryan Johnson's trilogy, so that doesn't mean it's canceled. It means that there is no timetable for that, so if you were under the impression it was canceled, not necessarily, which I'm okay with. Um, mm-hmm. So you know it was a it was a pretty long article and a lot of really a lot of really great content in this. There's also um, a sort of like a behind the scenes Vanity Fair video with Lev Grossman on the Rise of Skywalker article that he wrote, and really it was a lot of rehashing what the article said. But some of the main things that I took away from this video were that we are going to get the origin of the First Order. So we see a little bit of that in some of the books, and we get some of the prior to the Force Awakens stories of the First Order and Resistance and things, but we are going to get the origin, official origin of the First Order in this film, which I think will be pretty cool.
0: Yeah, I'm really, I think, the most excited about this. um, I think it's like the most probably spoilery thing that was mentioned in this article under the... Image that's it's actually labeled Starcross, which I thought was kind of interesting. It's the image of Ray and Kylo battling mm-hmm. with lightsabers on like a ship of some kind, and there's like waves crashing over them. It looks awesome. Not only do I love seeing lightsaber battles in different environments, but under the description for it, apparently Adam Driver had said something about their relationship and he said that that the force connection or maybe bond will Mm -hmm. turn out to run even deeper than previously revealed so i thought that was super interesting and then to also call the the photo i mean this is vanity fair calling the photo this star crossed so it necessarily doesn't mean anything because that's just vanity fair being like oh star crossed but I mean, Starcrossed. Starcrossed has a very Shakespearean mm-hmm. vibe to it. Starcrossed lovers, like obviously, this is not like a romantic story like we might have anticipated from the Raylos of the world, which I'm kind of on board with now. But um, <laughs> but um, I just thought that was super interesting because I mean, because the Last Jedi yeah you know like it's just i'm so excited to see where these two end up and i don't think it's going to be one i think they're going to win and lose together i still think that there's something between the two of them whether it's romantic or not i feel like there's something more to that relationship than just ray beating kylo for the good of the light
1: right and As we talked about, if you listen to our show on Master and Apprentice, uh, we talk about the prophecies and how some of them could potentially be related to Episode 9. And we're thinking like, well, how much does Claudia Gray actually know? Like, what do they tell her? How much does she know about what's going to happen in Episode 9? And so sometimes she might have just been given nothing. Like they, you know, they they show us and they mention in this article that Anthony Daniels didn't get his script until right before shooting. With Star Wars in today's world, they are so secretive about everything. At the same time, because they have a story that's so expansive, I think they do need to tell some of the people some of the information so that they can create the world even more detailed, you know what I mean? So it's hard to Mm -hmm. say, like hard to say how much does Vanity Fair actually know? Are they just labeling things and putting, putting captions to things that mean nothing? Or do they know more than we think they know and they're actually giving us some information? I don't know. But this Lev Grossman guy, he's like, you know, when you go to all these shows and you interview people, sometimes celebrities let things slip on accident and then you can't unknow it.
0: And so, then it's printed in Vanity Fair. Yeah.
1: Some of that stuff is, is, like, even this Lev Grossman guy, The someone was like, well, do you know of anyone who dies? And he's like, well, I know some stuff, but I'm not going to say anything. And so none of that stuff was put in the article or anything like that. So I don't know. It'll it'll be interesting to see what, if you, when you know, when Rise of Skywalker comes out to watch the movie and then go back and read this article and see how much they actually knew. But... Yeah. And I mean, really, the only other thing I was going to mention too much about this was, like you said, the Ray and Kylo bond, and they're making a pretty big deal out of it. So I think it means something, even in the new set of Star Wars Destiny, which is called Spark of Hope, which is not even out yet. Ray is a hero. Kylo is a villain. Normally, you cannot have heroes and villains on the same team. Except, uh, like, if you have a neutral character, like maybe a bounty hunter would, might be considered a neutral character, depending on who it is. Like Hondo and Naka, right? He's neutral, so he mm-hmm. can be on either hero or villain team. But Rey's hero, Kylo's villain. But there is a special card that you can play that will allow them to fight together. Only those two, Ray and Kylo. So I think it'll be interesting to see how that bond evolves and what that bond means.
0: I just that's just the natural progression to me of this saga Mm -hmm. you know we've done we've done everything else like that would be the new thing to do that would be like the the interesting way to make this story be like how is this going to end I have no idea how this is going to work out like it would be them yeah getting together in some way and some people I'm so excited
1: yeah a lot of people are like, well, what do you think is <laughs> going to happen in Rise of Skywalker? I'm like, I don't know. I literally don't know. <laughs> I could sit here pulling ideas out on my face and trying to know. come up with something that I think could be feasible. My favorite thing is to just sit back and see what they do. Coming from somebody who wants to work for the story group, it is kind of strange to hear them say that. But at the same time, like, I just, I'm just i excited for everything that they do with it. I know I'm not going to be disappointed. With Ray, like people are like, what do you think is going to happen? What What do you want to have happen? I'm like, well, just because I want it to happen <laughs> doesn't mean that I think it'll happen or whatever. If Ray turned out to be right. a like a character that turns to the dark side and just wipes everybody out, I'd be cool with it. Just because <laughs> I think dark side Ray would be awesome. But at the same time, I know that would anger a lot of people and the fan base would be in turmoil. But what else is there? <laughs> so... I don't know. I'm just excited for whatever happens.
0: Yeah. Speculating is super fun to me. This is just, there's so little here. Like, it feels like we got a lot mm-hmm. when you're, when you just see the volume. But when you're really thinking about it and thinking about the information you were given, it's like, I still know nothing about this film. Right. <laughs> so the it'll article be easier. To... so
1: long. And there's the two different I'm... covers and everything. You're like, oh my gosh, so much stuff. And you read it and you're like, don't know anything yet
0: right so it'll be more fun to speculate as things get closer and we get more trailers we can actually make like like see how his eyes are looking in this picture and he's looking to the left i don't know i think that means he's gonna betray everyone like like, you know like that's (laughs) i feel like where we're at right now so we'll be better better able to have more sound theories as we get closer
1: right and more trailers and if there's anything that we've learned from the past with the trailers it's that just because you see it in the trailer doesn't mean it's actually going to be in the movie so we'll see yeah. Let's talk about Galaxy's Edge. Now Galaxy's Edge opened in Disneyland on May 31st and there was a dedication ceremony. Jesse, did you see any of the dedication ceremony?
0: I did. I watched it live. I was so it was I was so stoked because I really wasn't ready for it and somebody had just tweeted like live now and I quick turned it on. Ah. And it was, yeah. And it was just so, it was so fun. It's, it's like one of those things where we've just been kind of like dreaming about it. Like, oh, this is Star Wars land. We're going to get to live it. And then just seeing this like crowd of people just being so excited and getting ready to experience it and being able to kind of. Through the power of the internet experience, just a little tiny corner sliver of it just made me all the more pumped and ready to move
1: in. Right, right. (laughs) I can't even describe how I'm feeling about it right now because on one end of the spectrum, I'm like super excited for everyone that was at the opening for Disneyland on the other side of the spectrum, I'm like, I just want to go. Like, I'm going to Disney <laughs> World, which is not open yet. So I feel like I'm in this point of limbo because yeah. the whole point of me, I like, I wanted to go to the open, right? Being there day one at the open, I wanted to be there. I feel like Disney World is typically bigger. And I think they normally, they have more and a lot more, like, spread out in space and stuff. So I picked Disney World. I'm not regretting that decision at all, but at the same time, Mm -hmm. it's like, man, Disneyland is open now, and there's so many people there, like, having a good time (laughs) and posting pictures, and I'm like, oh, man, this is, this is I'm so impatient, like, I want to go right now.
0: I know, and I've actually seen, I don't know if you've seen any of these pictures, but people are actually decorating phone cases to make their actual phone look like the data pad, because when you step into Galaxy's Edge, the Disney Parks app, yeah we've talked about this before it turns into a data pad so people are actually like tricking out their phone cases to be more in world because you know you can buy clothes to make yourself look like you are part of the world and obviously we all know how to dress star wars um so you just can be 100 percent immersed in it if you want and just create people are creating their own backstories like you're going to step in and if you want to pretend you are in it and you are there, like it's going to be the easiest thing in the world because yep, it's completely designed that way.
1: Well, someone posted online the other day, they're like, so if Batu is canon and galaxy's edge is canon and everything that's like going on in there and everyone has backstories and everything, that's all canon. So then if I go there, <laughs> does that mean I'm canon in star Wars? yes i'm like yes you are which 100%. is pretty cool
0: yeah
1: so if anyone wants my autograph i am canon in star wars come <laughs> august 29th so I really recommend- <laughs> all right let's talk a little bit about this dedication ceremony and to be honest Like, it was a whirlwind of craziness happening over the last few days. I, I, you know, with work and everything, I just watched this recently, so I didn't watch it live like you did, unfortunately. But we get, uh, obviously, a lot more information. It is Black Spire Outpost on Batuu, which is a remote trading post on the edge of Wild Space. It's 14 Acres, which is the biggest themed expansion ever done at Disney And that was pretty cool. For everybody who watched the live stream, you were able to download a special Galaxy's Edge wallpaper for your phone or your computer. And Bob Iger came out. He's been the chairman and CEO for Disney for 14 years and shares a lot of words that are um, thanking everybody involved, including George Lucas and everything like that. They showed us a little bit of stuff on the food and beverage area. So we're going to have, obviously, Olga's Cantina, um, which looks incredible. And everybody that I've talked to and everybody that I've seen post videos and stuff on online is talking about the Cantina. Um, apparently, the drinks are absolutely amazing. Expensive, but amazing. So <laughs> I'm That's excited. Everything. and Yeah, it's Disney, so... Yeah. Um, but apparently and i i'm i'm doing my best to save money before i go but apparently there's a $75 beer flight that is like a rancor themed beer flight and i what? freaking love rancors and it's like <laughs> a it's like this tray right and there's i think there's four different beers and obviously there's you know beer flights are going to be smaller but like there's teeth that come out of the bottom of it and everything, and you get to keep the whole beer flight like souvenir tray and all the cups and stuff, but um, it's seventy five bucks, oh so that's totally expensive, but probably worth totally it. worth it. Yeah,
0: <laughs> so that's totally worth it. <laughs> yeah, um, that
1: sounds so. Yeah, so that seems pretty cool. I've seen people post pictures of. I guess there's a porg uh, souvenir cup. I don't think that one is an alcoholic beverage, so I think that one might be a little bit cheaper, uh, but you're still gonna be paying probably 25 bucks for uh, the pork, the pork souvenir cup, and then I, I think there is a Ewok one, like a Endor themed souvenir cup there too. Um, I've heard everybody is raving about the food. There's a Ronto Roasters where you can get like a Ronto Wrap, which is like a meat wrap. I've seen blue and green milk. I guess they have green milk there as well, and there's, like, milk stands where you can go and get your milk. So it seems like the food and beverage area is going to be pretty cool.
0: I feel like they have – I mean, how many times have you, like, shaken your fist into the air and yelled, take all my money, like, I'll give you all my money if you do this, and they've done it. So – I mean, some of the stuff may be really expensive, but we have shaken our fists into the <laughs> air and told them <laughs> that we would do this. We would give them all our money, yeah. and I'm prepared to do so. <laughs>
1: yeah, definitely agree. They they had a whole segment on merchandise, uh, Black Spire Outfitter, and that's where they have costumes, and you can buy bits and pieces and create your own costume, or you can buy um, like Jedi robes and stuff like that as well. So that's going to be pretty awesome. Um, gotta love the costumes. There's going to be a creature stall where you can get, like, porgs or quacky and monkey lizards or other different types of animals. Obviously, there's a place to build your own lightsabers. There's a droid depot where you can build your own droid. We've talked about a lot of this stuff before, but it just seems never-ending when it gets to, uh, comes to Galaxy's Edge, so that's pretty cool. And I'm assuming I was watching the same live stream that everybody else was, but they did give, um, a little tidbit on... A greeting on Batu. I don't know if that was in yours or whatever, but it was called, uh, they say Rising Moons is sort of like a hello, uh, like a greeting. I thought it was pretty cool.
0: Yeah. It's just, I just can't wait to get immersed in this place. Yeah. It just looks like it's one of those things where when you step in, you have no idea you're in Disney anymore. You're now
1: mm-hmm. on Batu. hmm Yep, that's how it seems like, and to be honest, I mean, I know they have the reservation system and they have the time limit and everything like that at Disneyland. And I'm sure as time gets closer, we'll get a little bit more information at Disney World. I know they're having extra, extra magic hours for people who are at some of the resorts and stuff at Disney World. I don't know exactly how that's all going to work. But when we get closer, we'll talk more about that for those of you who are going to go to Florida. But yeah, it it's, it's going to be pretty, pretty great to to see, but I don't think just from some of the pictures that people have sent, it doesn't seem overly crowded. Like I don't know. Like I've seen pictures of people around the Big Falcon and stuff and people walking through the lines of the rides, but it doesn't seem like it's so crowded that you can't move. But I've also at the same time heard that as soon as the doors opened or the gates were opened on the thirty-first that the line was capped for the cantina after five minutes. So, I don't know. And I have a feeling it's going to be one of those things where like, okay, if you're going for three days, one day do food and drinks and the cantina. Another day, try to get your shopping done. Another day, try to do the ride. You know?
0: You know, yeah. It it is in these initial stages because I I don't know if anybody has been to Harry Potter World, but especially when this first came out when Harry Potter World was new, it was like, it would be like three, four hours if you wanted to get into Ollivanders and have, you know, your wand choose you, or if you, like, when I went initially, and I went, like, years after, it was three hours to do the main ride, the Battle of Hogwarts ride, three hours, and my, at the time, boyfriend's family was, like, losing their mind that they were standing in this line with me and then I just went back this past year and you know I we you'd be standing in line and you wished you were in line longer because there was so much cool stuff to look at so it's gonna be like out of this world crowded but I mean in a couple of years it'll die down and, and be just just like a beautiful little home retreat that we can go away to yeah. to be to be in Star Wars.
1: <laughs> and there was the John Williams like theme song for the park and everything that I downloaded this past week and I've been playing that and to be honest it's helping me not spend money. Like oh, on a daily basis. You. Yeah, it's reminding <laughs> me that I'm going to Galaxy's Edge and I need to save up. And so I'll I'll play it on my way to work and I work in a collectible store and we're getting new cool Star Wars stuff in all the time. And so playing the music on the way to work is helping me get in the right mindset for that day like don't spend money on stuff today. So yeah. <laughs> I think it's it's pretty cool. They ended up bringing George Lucas onto the stage for this dedication ceremony and I just love George. the The dude rolled up in like tennis shoes and jeans, and during his know,
0: George Lucas costume. Yeah,
1: <laughs> and uh, he said that this is basically Star Tours on steroids at a level you can't possibly believe. So I, I mean, I grew up with Star Tours. I went to Star Wars weekends for the first time in two thousand and three, and rode Star Tours for a bunch of a bunch of years and then in 2010 i participated in the last tour to endor at disney world where it was essentially some of the last times that the original version of star tours was being run so that was sad to a certain extent and then yeah they had the following year i think they shut it down to make it the 3d attraction and i have shirts for the launch of the new star tours that have the logo of the you know launch weekend and stuff like that on there so I you know Star Tours is near and dear to my heart I've spent countless times getting on the ride going through the line getting back in going on again repeat um, (laughs) over and over again so if George is saying that it's Star Tours on on steroids at a level we can't possibly believe I'm I don't know I don't even I think I might just explode
0: (laughs) (laughs) you probably will you'll probably cry walking in I yep. Th- someone should record you.
1: <laughs> you're you're <laughs> the expert at that. So. <laughs> Billy D. Williams was then invited to come on stage. His daughter escorted him up the ramp right under the Falcon, which was awesome. He's got that iconic Billy D. Williams laugh that really just never never leaves you. It makes you laugh too because it's Billy D. Williams laughing. It sounds like Lando. Um, yeah. He got up there and he's like, well, Lando never left me. And, and uh, one of my favorite quotes that Billy Dee said during this dedication ceremony is that to all the fans out there, thank you. This land is for you. And yeah. that made me so happy to hear him say that. You yeah. can tell he's getting a little older and, you know, he's using the cane to get around and stuff. And to have him show up, uh, the original owner of the Falcon, was pretty awesome.
0: He's still got it, though. He's got that, like, swagger and that charm that it's just he'll always be Lando.
1: Yeah. Definitely. And then Mark Hamill came out, and Mark was saying that the last time he was in a Disney park with George Lucas was for the opening of Star Tours, um, which was many moons ago. And so now he's standing there right under the Falcon at the dedication ceremony for Galaxy's Edge, which was huge. And like Mark does, he's always a fan favorite and, and he appeals to the fans. He says throughout the years he's been you know hearing stories of fans and how Star Wars brought them together. and people always tell him heartfelt and personal ways of how they meant to they were meant to be together and stuff like that. And uh, he kept saying that Star Wars has been teaching us a new way to dream. And I think, I think that'll be. Cool to see at Galaxy's Edge. Bob Iger introduced a bunch of the inhabitants of Batu They all came out in costumes and everything. And Chewbacca showed up in the cockpit of the Falcon. Um, mm. And in true Falcon form, it doesn't work. So Bob brings out none other than Harrison Ford. And <laughs> Harrison, I just love that he's been so involved in coming out and being at these events and it could have been one of those things where it's just like, well, it's in his contract. He's got to show up, but <laughs> it doesn't matter. Like, I'm just happy he's there.
0: Yeah. He, that like really kicked it off because they have spent the whole thing standing in front of the Falcon. So to have him there and give it that last little tap it needed. Yeah. And it, right before and I don't know if they realized he was going to do this it almost seemed like something he did on the fly but he dedicated it to Peter Mayhew Yeah. he like pointed out at the camera and he was like Peter this one's for you yeah
1: Mm. Peter this one's for you
0: That was just really sad and heartwarming and perfect, all wrapped into the same.
1: Right. Especially because you know how close Han and Chewie were. You have literally Chewbacca in the cockpit of the Falcon and, you know, the iconic Harrison Ford Han Solo standing right in front of it. I'm saying those and dedicating it to Peter, so... Having the falcon function properly after after he smashes it a couple times, um, you know the fireworks go off and and the park is is open. So I think it was a very beautiful dedication ceremony. I think it was incredible that Harrison dedicated it to Peter. I was not expecting that, but this is gonna be an unforgettable experience going to this park. I understand that it's crowded. I understand that it's expensive, but I feel as though if you are a Star Wars fan, you need to go because I think it'll be worth it for you.
0: Even if you're just going to walk around and go on a ride and, you know, steal a coaster from the cantina, (laughs) just just go. Like, it's got to – it's just – I'm, like, beyond words for how excited I am for this. And I don't even have plans to go. Like, you know, like, like I know I probably won't be there for, like, a year or more. But I'm still, like, out of my mind excited for this.
1: Well, I feel like you should be more excited for this than a lot of people who just collect figures and stuff. Because while there will be figures at Galaxy's Edge, I I feel like they're trying to make this as legit as possible as far as feeling in the story And you, more than almost anyone I know, just really like the things like the wands and the the stuff, the chocolate frog boxes, that make you feel like you're in the story. I saw someone post a picture today that they got Hera's Calicori. It's literally like a replica of Hera's Calicori. Yeah.
0: Okay, yeah, see, I'm gonna give them all my money because I don't I'm not like a big collector Like I bought a few figures here and there I got really excited about it for a minute and then I was like, oh, yeah, I don't need these figures, but I I love Yeah, I love things that are in world mm-hmm. and that's like what this entire place is going to be from yeah. the lightsabers to the droids to the coasters on the bar Like I I don't know what I'm gonna do with myself <laughs> I'm going to take some serious prioritizing. Yeah.
1: Well, like between the the holocrons and being able to physically put a crystal in a lightsaber hilt that you built.
0: Right. I'm going to need like multiple hilts, like multiple crystal. Like I'm not going to I'm not going to get out of there alive. Like <laughs> I, Yeah. I want everything.
1: Yeah. Well, as yeah. soon as I saw that Kalikori from Star Wars Rebels, I was like, oh, crap. That's I need that. Like That thing looks awesome. I don't know how much it was, but I don't want to know.
0: I um, know. I, I feel <laughs> like it's going to be one of those things where it's just everywhere you turn, there's yeah. something that you never knew would be available, and now you need to have it.
1: Yeah. So it's fine by me. And a lot of people <laughs> were saying, too, like previously, even at... Hollywood studios in Disneyland, they'd have schedule appearances like at launch bay. Right. So Chewbacca is going to be available from this time to this time. Go get your picture. I think mm-hmm. in Batuu, Chewbacca is mm-hmm. just going to be roaming around the park because it's Batuu. And yeah. He would be roaming around this trading post. Right. Or maybe he'd be by the Falcon or maybe he'd be looking for somebody. And, uh, a lot of people were saying, yeah, they're just roaming around and you can go give him a hug or talk to him or whatever. And, uh, you know, they're like, you actually run into them a fairly decent amount, like more than you'd think you would. So yeah, it'll be cool to to see what the structure of it will be like. So I'm excited. And we'll have a lot more from Galaxy's Edge as people continue to go and can provide more information to us. It's literally been the first week it's been open. So um, hopefully we'll get a lot more information soon. And then I'll be going in at the end of August, early September for the opening at Disney World. Um, so I'll be given a probably similar to what we did at Celebration where I'll bring my recorder and talk about my day. I'll probably do something like that for those of you who haven't been able to or wouldn't have been able to go until a later date. And with Celebration being in Anaheim, I'm also going to try and go when we go out to Anaheim for Celebration to the one in Disneyland. and that way I'll have experienced both parks. So, we'll see how that works, but that's the goal. But I'm very excited for it and I just want to thank everybody at Disney and Lucasfilm for creating this park because I think I think a lot of people as soon as they walk through there and hear the music are probably just going to cry. I really do because Star Wars means so much to so many of us and to to make it feel like you're actually on a planet in the universe is special
0: yeah it's it's a dream come true for sure, and if it's even an iota of the feeling that I had walking into Harry Potter world being a Harry Potter fan, you know since I was in fifth or sixth grade, mm-hmm. like if it's an even an iota of that feeling, yep where it all of a sudden it feels real like it like it's gonna be beyond anything.
1: Yeah. And there's so many like books and comics that are coming out related to Galaxy's Edge and Batuu and stuff like that. And they specifically say that there's what 1400 people as staff that are working Galaxy's Edge and they all have unique backgrounds and names. And I bet you <sighs> like we'll get stories about these characters in the comics and the books and then you'll be able to go to the park and see them, you know. Yeah. So it'll be cool. It'll be cool.
0: And if you want an initial introduction to Black Spire um, on Batu, it originates, they originally introduce it in Thrawn, in the Thrawn trilogy, trilogy, the second installment, Thrawn Alliances. And the Twin Sons Book Club is, is starting the Thrawn trilogy right now. We're on the first Thrawn reboot novel by Timothy Zahn right now. So if you want to be on that journey with us and get a little glimpse on Tibet 2 next month in Thrawn Alliances, um, join us and we'll get ready for Galaxy's Edge together.
1: All right. So that'll pretty much do it for this episode. We hope you enjoyed our discussion on the Rise of Skywalker Vanity Fair article and video, as well as the opening of Galaxy's Edge at Disneyland. Very excited about those two things. And there's going to be a whole lot more Star Wars coming up this year. Uh, As we get closer to the rise of Skywalker in December, there's gonna be a ton of stuff to do between now and then. Um, I can even confirm this, that um, vendors are starting to reach out to to, uh, collectible stores like the one that I work in, about episode 9 merchandise and stuff for Force Friday. So um, we're gonna be getting a lot more information on that as well, so pretty cool stuff to look forward to so for eric and jesse you've been listening to twin sons transmission jesse would you like to tell people where they can find us on social media
0: yeah you can find us on facebook twitter and instagram all under the handle at twin sons outpost
1: All right, and if you're looking for other places to listen to our show, you can find us on our website, which is www.twinsunsoutpost.com. Click on the tab on the left-hand side that says Podcast, and you'll see all of our shows right there. You can also find us on the Star Wars Podcast app through the Google Play Store or on iTunes. Thank you so much for listening to Episode 141. We'll see you next time, and may the Force be with you. Hi, this is Vanessa Marshall, Harrison Dula from Star Wars Rebels. You've been listening to Twin Suns Transmission, an exciting show where sand gets everywhere. Thank you for listening to this presentation of the Twin Suns Podcast Network. May the Force be with you always. Controlled by the hut. I'll meet you at the rendezvous point on Halloween. Don't to